Anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus, you immediately should recognize it as grace. That's what makes salvation a gift. It's grace because it came how? As a gift from God to you. I heard somebody say it. Come on, help me out, church. Through Jesus. Anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus, you know right away is what? It's grace, but it has to be responded to. It has to be received. And if grace is God speaking to you, then faith is your response. You understand what I mean by living in that ongoing conversation? Every gift from God to you that came through Jesus is the gift of grace. That's your salvation. That's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the healing of your body. That's the prosperity of your life in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. Now, I want you to put that verse back up there because knowing that, one of the first things you should say when you read this verse is, I see grace. But thanks be to God who gives, so you know there's grace coming, right? Because it's a gift. Who gives us what? Victory. Somebody shout victory. Victory. He gives us victory. How? Through. So here's a gift, right? Who's the gift from? It's from God. What is the gift? Victory. Who did it come through? Jesus. What does that make victory? Grace. It's grace. And in just this one verse, you see a perfect example of what I'm talking to you about now, responding, right? Responding in this ongoing conversation, grace talking, you talking back, grace speaking, you responding. We've got God who's the gift giver. We've got victory, which is the gift. And we got Jesus is the one who the gift came through. Now, what's our response in it? It's right here at the beginning of this verse. What's it say? Thanks. Thanks be to God. That's your response, and that's the response of faith. Thanksgiving, like Sarah's already said today, is the language of faith. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, you hear nearly the exact same, the exact same concept, almost the same words. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 Put that up there. What does he say? Now, thanks, church. You're going to have to get a little more loud this morning. It it ain't going to work to just sit there. Just wait till you see what's coming. Now what? Thanks be to God who, I like this, always leads us in triumph. That's victory. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So here you see this same concept. You've got God, the gift giver, victory and triumph, the gift, Jesus, the one who the gift comes through, and you've even got your response to it, your response in it. And what is your response? Thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Now here, here you begin to see the difference between a, a modern concept of what Thanksgiving is and what a biblical concept of Thanksgiving is. For the vast majority of people, Thanksgiving is just simply what you say in response to something that's already been done, a gift that's already been given, to a favor that's already been shown. And when we're bringing up our little kids, I mean, this is one of the first things we teach them to say. These are some of the first words we put in their mouths, isn't it? I mean, they're just learning to talk. 
and you got an aunt or an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa comes over for Thanksgiving and they brought gifts or they come for Christmas and they've, they've got toys for the little ones and, and they're barely through the front door, man. And the kids are digging through the bags. What'd you bring me, grandma? What'd you bring me, grandma? And they pull something out and, and grandma hands that gift to the little one. And typically they're so excited and enthralled with it that they forget to do what? So that's why you're there, mom. That's why you're there, dad. And you do what? You tell them to say thank What do you say? Thank you. Does anybody remember saying this to your little ones? What do you say? What do you say? You're putting words into their mouths. And this is a good thing. I said it's a good thing to, to train them up and not just be little kids that know how to say thanks, but to be, you know, grown-ups that know how to say thanks when something's been done for them. But if all you ever do is say thank you in response to something that's already been done, as good as it is, most of the time that doesn't amount to much more than good manners, politeness. And a lot of people have that. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. <laughs> but biblical thanksgiving, biblical thanksgiving is so much more than good manners. Thanksgiving is a weapon in your arsenal. Thanksgiving is how you and I wage warfare. How do we wage war with thanksgiving? Well, when you enter into thanksgiving with God, this isn't just thanking Him for what's already been done. And if He was done doing stuff, there'd be plenty to say thanks for. But did you notice in these two verses, He's the God who gives, not gave, gives. Gives, which means He did already give. He is right now giving, and check this out, he will keep giving. Keep giving. What did 2 Corinthians 2 say? Thanks be unto God who always caused us. Well, he did cause us, but he's still causing us. And he will always cause us to triumph in Christ. So entering into this kind of thanksgiving, this is where it gets really cool. This is where you and I can exist in every time tense all at once. Thanksgiving reaches back into the past and says, God, you've been so good. But Thanksgiving is active right now in the present. Look at the great things you're doing in my life. But Thanksgiving becomes a weapon in your hand when it reaches out into the unseen, when it reaches beyond what's in front of you right now into the realm of what's yet to come and gets excited, gets grateful, gets thankful as though it already happened. Who else has this power but the born again, full of the Holy Spirit, child of God? Nobody's got it but us. Because nobody can do this for us but our God. And what I want you to see this morning is how, how inseparably connected victory is with thanksgiving. He said it in these two verses. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. But here's the question I want to ask and answer today. Are you thankful because you got victory? Or did you get victory because you were thankful? Are you hearing me? Because anybody can say, thanks for the victory, right? And we should be. But who, and this is a small group who can do this, 
can in the middle of a battle, in the middle of pressure, in the middle of situations and circumstances and symptoms, look beyond what they see and feel and say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. What are you thanking him for? Victory, victory, victory. Oh, I thought you were sick. I got the victory. I thought you were broke. Yeah, but I've got victory. Beyond what you see and what you feel. So here's what I want to do today. We're going to have some fun with this. You ready? In spending some time in the Word just over the last 24 hours, I began to see something. And I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here, but I think you'll, you'll see it with me and agree with me in this by the end of this today. I think as you study the Word, one of the major things you see throughout the Word, Old Testament, New Testament, is thanksgiving. And the people of God lifting up thanksgiving. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question this morning. And I'm going to see, and you're going to see, where you, how you answer this. And I'll say it like this. On a scale of 1 to 10, on a scale of 1 to 10, how thankful would you say you are? Now, maybe don't answer it out loud because you're probably wrong. But <laughs> all of us need to look at this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how thankful would you say you are? Once you get a number in your mind, maybe even jot one down if you've got something to write with. On a scale of 1 to 10, how thankful? Now, I'm not talking about on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are your manners. I'm not talking about how polite you are. I'm not talking about, you know, just your ability to say thanks to the person who, you know, handed you the food or handed you whatever you asked for. Those are good things. We should be thankful people in that sense. But I'm talking about on a scale of 1 to 10... How much of a lifestyle of thanksgiving are you living? Because the higher you are on that scale, the greater victory you will experience in this life. Anybody want to find out? Are you curious to know? I wonder where I fit on a scale of 1 to 10 in the lifestyle of thanksgiving. As I looked at this, it occurred to me that there is somebody in the scripture who is like, off the charts thankful. And it's King David. Writer of the book of Psalms, most of the Psalms that we read in the Bible, which of course is the biggest book of all the books in the Bible. But one right after another, if you look at it, it's almost like every other word was, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, bless the Lord, praise the Lord, shout unto God. I mean, it was one right after the other. And I began to see this, and you're going to see it too. When you see David talk about being thankful, oftentimes he talks about the expression of thanksgiving. Not just I'm thankful, but here's how I express it. And I want to show you several different expressions of thanksgiving, and you're going to be able to figure out where you fit on this scale of 1 to 10. So how about we just start right here at 1. Well, let's start at 0 first. Why there? Because that's where most of this world is living. Completely unthankful. And you're going to see this in Scripture, but I'll make a massive statement to you, and I'll stand behind it. The, did you hear that? The problem with our world today is unthankfulness. It's like, how could that be so? I'll show it to you in the Word. But the biggest problem. And that's where most people are living. But that if, if you're willing to, 
to not live or not willing to live at zero, but you want to take a step up onto this, this first step in the scale, let me read a scripture to you that I think represents the, the first, you know, one or two. If we're going to call you a one or two on the Thanksgiving scale, this would be you right here. Are you ready for this? Psalm 111, verse 1. This is coming from the New Living Translation. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture today, so just follow along on the screen here. Psalm 111, verse 1, what did he say? Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. Is that what's happening in here this morning? Godly people coming together. Well, what should this group of godly people be doing together? Praising the Lord as we meet together. He said this going on in verse 2. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should do what? Ponder them. Ponder them. This is to me what it means to be about a one or a two on the Thanksgiving scale. You think thankful thoughts. Can you see now why much of the rest of the world is not even a one? Because there are not a bunch of people thinking thankful thoughts. But David said here in connection to thanking God that you and I should be pondering Pondering his amazing deeds, thinking thankful thoughts. Think thankful thoughts. Jordan, will you, where you at, brother? Will you help me with something this morning? I didn't really fill him in on this. This is kind of a surprise. Do you have a microphone handy? Can, can we get this mic on? I, what I want you and I to do, this is drama club right now. <laughs> We're going to act something out. You're going to be my thoughts. Oh, gosh. You can handle this. You're going to be my thoughts, all right? Yes. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to think thankful thoughts. Okay. Okay? Now, I'm not going to be saying these out loud. Yeah. This is my mind, right? This is what's going on in my mind. You okay? I'm great. You okay. You do this like all the time, so you should be fun. So here's what I'm, I'm just going about my life, right? Yes. And I'm just living life, nothing major, nothing crazy is going on. I'm just, it's any old day, and I'm just thinking thankful thoughts, okay? Here we go. Just thinking thankful thoughts. There we go. You, but you're going to have to say them out loud. That's, the, oh, that's why you have a microphone. I was thinking. No, you're my, I'm sorry. Do we have this microphone check, on? Check, check, check. Can I get like some reverb on it that makes it sound like it's in a kind of like an empty chamber almost? But I need to speak. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's why I gave you a microphone. Maybe we should have gone over this before. Okay. Okay. So we're we're thinking thankful thoughts, and I'm just you know just any day, every day, just there's birds. Too. And 
Very good. Thank you. Thank that's, you. That's, that's thank you. Thank you for that. Just thinking these thoughts, just, just looking around, observing, thinking thankful thoughts. Now, we know this. Just stay put for a second. Yes, we, we know this from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You're familiar with this verse that says, We walk in the flesh, but we don't war in the flesh, according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Other translations talk about imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, into, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The reason we're going over this and talking about this is because this is where wars are fought and won. And it begins with the ability to think a thankful thought. Now, we are trained, especially in our group, in our circles, we've been taught how to take every thought captive, especially thoughts, condemning thoughts, lying thoughts, um, thoughts that don't line up with the Word of God. But there are some thoughts that we're not quick enough to rebuke. There are some thoughts that we have not been quick enough to put down and to, to put into prison, to bring into obedience thoughts of self Centeredness, self-pity, self-righteousness. These are some thoughts that we need to be as quick or quicker to put into prison than anything else. Now, a lot of people are thinking thoughts, you know, self-pity, not enough. What, give me some self-pity thoughts. What, what, what does self-pity sound like? So I should have given you time to prepare. I'm sorry, but you can do this. Help him, Jesus. Self-pity. Self-centered. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, one second. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody likes me. Nobody. Gotcha. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm all alone. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> Not good enough. Why Man, nobody loves me. This is the kind of stuff that we entertain for too long. Do you remember when Jesus just, not, not too long before the cross, the Bible says he began to talk to the disciples and explain to them why he was going to Jerusalem, the things that he was going to have to suffer there at the hands of the religious leaders. Do you remember what happened? Peter pulled him aside. Basically, Peter said, step into my office and began to rebuke Jesus. And he said, it will not be unto you. Let it not be unto you. If you look up the original translations, you know what he said? Pity thyself. And how many of you remember Jesus' response? The Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It says he turned, studied out. It literally means he turned his back and said, what? Get behind me, Satan. And, and he acted it out just like this. Turned his back on that. This is how you take every thought captive. This is what you do with unthankful thoughts because every thought of self-pity, every thought of self-loathing, every thought of self-righteousness, self-centeredness is an unthankful thought. And what should you be doing with those thoughts? Not entertaining them. Not letting them roll around in you day after day after day. Turn your back to it and say out loud what? Get behind me. Satan. Now, these are strong words. These are strong words. 
But if you notice, if you keep reading through the gospel accounts, never do we hear Jesus come back to Peter and say, bro, man, I'm so sorry. I overreacted. I think my blood sugar may have been low. And I I know you were just trying to help. And please forgive me. What does that tell you? It's not an overreaction. That is the reaction of somebody who's not entertaining an unthankful thought. Amen? Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your help. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll rehearse that a little more later. So if you want to be about a one or a two on a thankful scale, it's going to start with what? Thinking thankful thoughts. And the Bible says this in the book of Romans. You remember this in chapter one. I'll I'll read this to you, then we'll move on. But Paul, this this is that chapter, that famous chapter where he said, I'm not ashamed. Do you remember that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. And it shouldn't surprise you that he said that, that he prefaced what he was about to say with, I'm not ashamed. Because what he got into after that, you can't be ashamed. Because he starts talking about everything from from sexual sin, sexual confusion. He gets into the worship of the planet. Is any of this relevant to us today? He starts getting into worshiping the creation over the creator. I mean, it is a perfect picture painted of the world we're living in today. And this is what he said the big problem was. In Romans 1.21, he said, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. He says the whole reason people are living, whether it's in sexual sin and confusion or worshiping the creation or anything that goes along with it, he said, the problem with it is unthankfulness. That's the root of all of it. And he said their foolish hearts were darkened. Did you know when you are unthankful, thinking unthankful thoughts, you know it's getting darker? It's getting darker up here. Not clearer, it's getting darker. One translation says their stupid hearts were darkened. When you are unthankful, you are getting darker, you are getting duller, you are getting stupider. (laughs) Is this Bible that I'm reading to you right now. Unthankfulness leads to all of that. But being thankful, thinking thankful thoughts, that's going to cause you to get brighter. That's going to cause you to get sharper. That's going to cause you to get smarter. Anybody interested in this? So this puts you at about a one or two. Can you start thinking some thankful thoughts? Can you start thinking about some of the things that that God's done for you and some of the ways he has helped you and some of the ways that he's going to? And when you start thinking all this self-pity stuff and this this insufficient, not enough, and all the things you don't have, don't know, can't do, will you start taking all that trash captive and saying to it, get behind me, Satan, that's not my thought. I'm not thinking on that. I'm thinking thankful thoughts. Well, if you can do that, you've come up to, I'd say, about a one or a two on the thankful scale. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But listen, the higher you go on that scale, what does that mean? More victory. 
the greater the victory you begin to experience. So if you're, if you're good with victory on a one or two level, then just keep thinking thankful thoughts. But is there anybody interested in victory up on a three or four level on the scale? Well, how do we take a step up? Let's look at what David said. He also said in Psalms chapter 9, look at verse 1. We'll put it on the screen. He said, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Can you see what's going on here? He's thankful and connected to it is the expression of the thankfulness. That first expression was what? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ponder all your amazing deeds. Now he's taking a step up. He's saying, I'm thankful, and I'm not just going to think about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell about it. And this puts you, I think, on a higher scale. It's a greater expression. And it really does come right after thinking about it because what you think about, think about, think about, think about, guess what? Very soon, you're going to start talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about. Now, why this would be important is what you talk about, you magnify. It gets bigger to you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.